0: Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise
1: the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Truth About Trucking Live. I am Alan Smith. It is Wednesday, April fifteenth, two thousand nine, and here we are with a very anticipated show. Concerning the closing of rest areas in the state of Virginia, as well as truckers having to uh, break federal HOS rule by being told to move from these areas while uh, taking their 10-hour mandatory breaks, and as uh, many of you know, I've been in trucking for uh, quite a while, over 30 years, and, and I've also been a police officer and deputy sheriff, so I'm looking at this from both sides of the story, uh, which I hope to have time to touch on tonight, but Bringing it down to the wire a little bit, we have a, a very special guest, uh, Mr. Jeffrey Caldwell, who was uh, kind enough to join us to uh, this evening, and he is the Chief of Communications with the Virginia Department of Transportation, and he's with us to uh, help us understand the situation better and, and what he and his department is up against, and I know Mr. Caldwell's time is limited, but he's going to stay with us as long as he can, so I want to uh, get right to him. Let me open up the lines and, uh, Mr. Caldwell. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, how, how are you doing this evening?
2: Good, Alan. Thanks for having me on tonight.
1: Well, I well, I'm, I'm really glad uh, you uh, can join us. Uh, I, I know uh, some of our guest callers will have questions for you, and your time is limited, like I said. And I know that. And and uh, you you told me you'll be glad to take questions. But first, um, why don't you just set the stage for us, so to speak? I, I think it's really important, like I said, to hear both sides of the story. So. So help us out here. What's your department up against with with this issue?
2: Certainly we're aware that a lot of the conversation that's been going on has surrounded this uh, potential closure of some of our rest areas. But I did want to put that in context for everybody before I do answer questions, and I appreciate that opportunity, Alan. Uh, Here in Virginia, we're we're facing an unprecedented revenue shortfall. We've been uh, working very closely with some economic uh, professionals here in the state and in our industry, and have been trying to address a $2.6 billion shortfall in our transportation revenue over the next six years. That's billion with a B. Uh, We're having to make drastic cuts across the board here to try to address that shortfall and to balance our budget, which we're legally required to do. We started out kind of in a three-pronged approach to do that, The first approach was a reduction in the construction projects that we would do in the state, and we cut more than $2 billion in construction projects to uh, address the major chunk of that funding shortfall. But we've also recognized that we have about $600 million in additional shortfall that we have to make up. We're doing that in two ways. One is by restructuring our agency. We're looking at laying off 1,000 full-time employees and 450 part-time employees, and totally renovating the way we do business here within the DOT. And we're also recognizing that we do have to address some motorist services. These aren't things we are eager to do. Certainly these aren't aren't pleasant decisions to make. But uh, we've been in a a public comment period now for the past 45 days or so to try to get out in the public, hear feedback, and be honest about the, the service reductions that we're looking at. We were talking about five major areas. First and foremost certainly is the reduction in rest areas. We were proposing cutting 25 of our 41 rest areas in an effort to save $12 million a year. It costs us annually $20 million, $21 million to keep those rest areas open. And we recognize that we have to prioritize our spending on issues of safety first. And work, what we've said is we work from the center line of the highway out. So we've prioritized things like snow removal and emergency response, patching potholes to ensure our travel ways remain safe. But as we go out to our right-of-way and, and the edges of right-of-way, we're looking at, at prioritizing our, our expenditures there. So rest areas were one of the things we talked about. That's the issue we want to talk about tonight. But let me just quickly cover those other areas that we're looking to cut. Those include reductions in our ferry okay. services around the state reductions in in our safety service patrols, which is our motorist assistance program here in Virginia, Uh, changes in the way we do our interstate maintenance services. Maintenance on our interstates are outsourced to the private sector, and we're looking at adjusting those contracts to try to save some money. And then doing things like cutting back on our mowing program, because we'd rather invest the money uh, in making sure our highways remain safe than making sure uh, the grass around the, the medians and around the edges are aesthetically pleasing. Those are all very tough decisions for us, and uh, we want to do that in a very public manner. So we just finished on April 1st a series of 11 public meetings around the state where we gathered feedback on these service reductions, and we've solicited written comments and verbal comments. And uh, today is is actually the, the, the cutoff date for folks to submit their comments to us to be considered as we finalize these plans this spring and make the final decisions to start our fiscal year July 1st. So that's a quick overview. I I don't want to take too much time because I certainly want to answer the questions of your callers, but uh, that is is the methodology that we've put in to coming up with these very difficult decisions. And certainly as as your audience uh, will voice its concerns and questions, I'll be glad to talk more about the rest areas and the the decision-making process we went in there.
1: Okay, well, it's it's certainly understandable. I mean, I know you're getting it from all sides. You're getting it from the trucking industry. I'm sure you're getting it from the Department of Tourism, and uh so i mean i can certainly understand that and you're being told to do this and and uh personally i wouldn't want to be in your situation <laughs> i think you you had mentioned uh, that you have had uh, meetings across the state which we've been keeping up with and uh i know a few of our callers on the line have actually uh i believe attended um uh, some of those meetings i want them because like i said i know your uh, your time is limited and we have uh, we have two brothers, Frederick and Mike. Uh, they uh, they host the uh, website. You're probably aware of the AmericanDriver.com, and uh, they've been very very active in this, getting it out there. So, uh, I believe they're with us, uh, Frederick and Mike. I'll uh, 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 open up your mic. You're there, aren't you?
0: Yes, sir. How you doing?
1: Good. I'm good. Oh, wonderful.
3: Um,
1: yeah, well, good. Well, I'm glad you're here, and uh, Mr. Caldwell is uh, giving us some of his time here. So, look, I'm just going to let this be kind of an open forum and uh, just uh, shoot out your questions or your comments, and we'll just kind of go from there.
0: Okay. Uh, um, Fre-
1: Frederick, if you, go ahead. Whoever liked to oh, start. I'm sorry.
0: Um, I was going to say you all can call me JB. That's what I go by. Everybody around knows me that okay.
1: way. Okay. Uh, okay. If you'd like to start, go ahead.
0: Absolutely. First off, Mr. Caldwell, how are you doing this evening?
2: Good, good. How can I help you?
0: Well, um, I appreciate you taking some time to come on out here and uh, talk with us about this. Um, There, of course, have been the issues about the rest areas, and we've wondered: Have you really given it serious consideration about closing the rest areas? Uh, You know, without just on hitting the, the fact that you said safety is one of the prior one of your priorities when you consider the, the, the am, amount of usage that, is, that there is in the, in the rest areas for multiple different reasons, how can you even consider the fact that safety, you know, that it is a, a I don't know, a, a justifiable decision to close the rest areas? Because those 25 rest areas just right off the top represent 54% a parking that the state of Virginia offers for commercial vehicles?
2: Well, J.B., let me, let me answer two questions that I think I heard there in, in your comment. Uh, the first is, yes, we've done a lot of analysis to put together this proposal for these these rest areas. We uh, looked at several factors. The proximity to other facilities, so how the spacing between our rest areas, the age and condition of the facilities of our fleet of 41 rest areas, the visitor counts, how many people actually use them, and the services provided not only by our facilities but by surrounding facilities, private sector truck stops, uh, interchange, development, gas stations, McDonald's, that type of thing. We went through an analysis of all that to try to determine the proper mix for what rest areas we need to definitely keep open and what may be closed. Uh, The second uh, part of your comment is, on available truck parking and we've actually done some significant analyses to ensure that uh, that very important audience to us, the truckers certainly uh, depend on these rest areas and that's not a a set of folks that we have ignored uh, as we've been making this analysis. We have a total of 772 truck parking spaces in our rest areas and welcome centers here in Virginia. The proposed cuts of 25 facilities would potentially impact 358 truck spaces, but as a total, working with the trucking industry here in Virginia, that represents only about 7% of the available truck parking spaces here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, We've gotten estimates between 5,900 and 7,300 privately owned and publicly owned truck parking spaces, so certainly our, our 772 available facilities and truck parking spaces are very important to that mix, but we do recognize that, uh, and we've done the analysis to ensure that there are some other options available for trucks. That being said, we have had a lot of feedback during our public meetings and also in writing, and right now we're looking at all of that feedback and trying to make the best decisions on what our final closure plan would be. And uh, we have heard significant input from the trucking community Uh, and individual truckers at at our meetings and through other channels. And we are doing another analysis now to determine if there are other options available to us. Among them, of course, is leaving some facilities open that we had slated for closure. But we're also trying to recognize some of the other issues that have been brought up, including truck parking limitations in terms of hours of service, uh, other areas that you're able to park in our facilities, and surrounding options that are available to you or not available to you. And we'll take all of those comments into account as we finalize our plans here later this spring.
0: Now, one thing I would really like to know if that analysis is available, because if you actually have been out on, let's say, say (laughs) I-81, if you've been in there or traveling down I-81 at any one of them rest areas, you're going to see that the available truck parking, the majority of the of the commercial motor vehicles, are are basically traveling through. And of course, because of our hours of service and the requirements of within the parameters of how we work within that, you know, we have we don't have too far to venture off from our routes.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So when when you drive through there and you see the number of trucks that are actually there and the proposed Rest areas that have that I have seen personally at, the, and I was able to visit one of the, uh, the township meetings there in Fairfax. Okay. Um, you know, you, you kind of have to stop and think, sir. Are you kidding me? I mean, you, the proposal is to shut down all but two on the stretch of I-81. There are 326 miles from Tennessee all the way up to West Virginia, and you're proposing to close down every single one except. In the middle. Now, when you're when you're taking into consideration the safety, which apparently from what we're hearing is Virginia's primary focus, then you you have to understand, and you can't help but know, but this is that this is contradicting itself, you know. And then, not to mention, you brought up you you opened the can of the the parking limitations, the time limit and how this is a very, very serious issue that's being downplayed right now in the media of Virginia. It's creating a very serious and dangerous situation as we speak, not something that is, could possibly happen, which I would like to be able to get into a little bit further for now. But I would just like to know, where are those analyses, and are they publicly uh, available? Because we'd really like to see those.
2: Uh, For for everyone that's listening, including you, JB, there there was a slide at those presentations that showed a map of the the rest areas that were being closed, and that's the map you're referencing right now. It does show that uh, we had a significant number of closures along the I-81 corridor, and as you say, we had left open uh, two welcome centers, one on either end of the state and one truck parking uh, rest area in Abingdon, Virginia, but closed – the rest of the, the rest areas along the stretch of I-D-1. That map is available on our website, and I'd encourage anyone that's listening that might be sitting in front of a computer to uh, go ahead and, and open that, www.virginiadot.org, and uh, at the bottom of the page there's a link to the Blueprint for the Future, and that has all the materials from the, from the meetings that J.B. referenced. Um,
0: if you don't on mind. that,
2: there is a slide on that presentation that has the map of the rest areas, and there are two charts avail- available at the top of that slide. They outline the the reasons for each decision for each rest area. So, for example, on I-81, the Ironto uh, rest area, which is at mile marker 129, uh, was slated for closure. And the reason being it's on the fringe of an urban area, the, the Roanoke area, and there are nearby commercial services that are available for those folks that uh, – currently stop at that rest area. That analysis is available for public view, and and I encourage anyone that would like to take a look at that, and certainly I'll answer as many questions as I can on that tonight, or you can contact us, and and we'll talk through further. The uh, second issue that that you brought up, JB, and and let me try to make sure I get to that, is the uh, restrictions for truck drivers, and this is a current situation, you are absolutely correct, that uh, we have postings in our rest areas that uh, put a two-hour time limit on trucks uh, to prevent folks uh, from spending multiple days or or blocking up those those areas. The reasoning behind that uh, restriction when it was initially put in place was to ensure that trucks could move through and we could get as many folks through those rest areas as possible and uh, give as many uh, of the truckers an opportunity to stop as possible. That being said, we recognize that uh, That two-hour restriction is very difficult for for your community, and uh, we are reviewing that right now as part of this analysis to determine if there's anything we can do to change that restriction or to change the the way we're uh, applying those rules to alleviate the struggles that you're having with those rules and with the the, uh, rest area closures as best we can. At this time, we're still analyzing that material that's, again, part of this public input Uh, session that we're doing now. Today, we're still collecting public input through today. So in the coming weeks, we'll be analyzing all that and providing more information out to the public in May and June before these decisions are finalized in July.
0: Okay. Well, sir, regarding the timeframes that you're speaking of, the analysis, the the few weeks, uh, turns into months, um, uh, board discussions, um, and then, of course, the time it takes to make some sort of decision as to what how you're going to approach this you know a two-hour time limit is absolutely nowhere near the term that you used days okay and when you consider that each virginia state trooper that walks in there knocks on a door and is waking a driver with it that congress has empowered us the flexibility to operate within the hours of service and Vir- the state of virginia has gone into an agreement with, according to, to acceptance of, for interstate commerce, that uh, you have decided that you're going to uh, abide and accept and go uh, write your, your rules, laws, and regulations according to this by a set of guidelines. And within those guidelines, you have not, with a two-hour time limit, you're not allowing each and every individual driver to make the determination as to whether or not they're operating their vehicle in a safe manner, you know. Nor has there been a waiver determination on an annual basis, according to 355.25, Section B, if I remember correctly. yeah That um, that there has to be it has to be compatible with public interest. And now, considering the fact that Parents Against Tired Truckers is part of the Truck Safety Coalition, along with the Citizens for Reliable and Safe Highways. Are actually from Virginia. I think that public interest is well spoken, especially in the media, and especially in lobbying for the hours of service that we have to, uh, that we are mandated by law, by consequence of legal and, and criminal, con- you know, uh, action against us. Where the same troopers who are who are enforcing, who enforce the, the rules and regulations of the, our hours of service, are the same troopers that are in there telling those drivers under their unique conditions, their their individual situations, depending on how they're they're operating, is forcing them when they have exceeded the two-hour time limit and yet they still need another eight hours to sleep, according to the hours of service, back out on the road and causing a potential for a very serious, you know, tragedy. And in the event if something like that does begin to happen, God forbid, who is going to be held accountable for that? I guarantee it's not going to be that trooper that forced that driver by threat of arrest back out onto the road.
2: Well, J.B., I can't I, – the Virginia State Police is a separate entity from the Virginia Department of Transportation, so I can't speak to their enforcement or uh, their efforts there on the highway. What I will say is we have heard loud and clear from the trucking community and also from regular citizens during these public hearings that that is a, a, a potential concern. They are very concerned about uh, safety on the roadways and fatigue being possibly impacted by the uh, potential for these rest area closures. What we're doing right now is is really looking very closely at that feedback. And I I certainly can't commit to anything at this point, but we have heard that uh, message loud and clear from the trucking community and from general citizens. And as we go through this process of, of determining our final decisions, we will take that into account and are looking at every option available to us. You had mentioned early in your statement there that, uh, about the process we're using. We're trying to be very methodical about this, but the reality is we have to make these decisions very quickly because of our financial situation, and we have committed that we will do it in a very public manner, and that's, that's why we did the meetings that you attended and uh, why we're trying to put all this material out for, for everyone to review before we do make our final decisions. But we will enact final decisions on these rest areas in May and June and have everything, uh, all of these changes, ready to go before July 1st when our new fiscal year starts. Because we have to, by law, balance our budget, and these are very important decisions that play into that. So we aren't going to let this stretch on to months and years. Uh, we're trying to pursue every option available to us, including looking at those those policies that are in place on... Uh, on the uh, number of hours that folks can stay in rest areas. And that is all part of this really detailed analysis that we're doing, but uh, not analysis in terms of government uh, vernacular that sometimes means things will go on for years without a decision. We are going to make decisions, and we're going to do that very quickly.
0: Well, nice. okay,
2: how about uh,
1: let's, uh, you know, I know it's time for but Frederick. Uh, did you want to jump in? you have
4: anything you want to ask? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Mr. Caldwell? I'm doing fine, thanks. Uh, I'd like to first thank you for taking uh, some time out of your, because I know that this is into your personal time, and I, I want to say thank you for taking the time to uh, speak with us about this. I appreciate that greatly. Sure. Uh, I'm going to first kind of point a couple of things out, uh, because I, I have done a lot of digging and a lot of researching, because I, I am of the nature that forcing a driver to violate a law with a law is, a, is basically violating American's constitutional 14th Amendment right. And we have moral obligations to ensure the safety of all citizens. Now, what I'm going to take in, in kind of, I'm going to just read a paragraph, a finding within a National Transportation Safety Board 2000, this was in the year 2000, Highway Special Investigation Report dealing with truck parking areas. Now, It says here, the Safety Board has addressed the issue of fatigue in past reports, and and of myself I'm saying, take note of past reports, and it continues to be a problem in the trucking industry. When a driver is tired, he or she needs to stop and rest as soon as possible at the nearest safe location. At the 1999 Federal Highway Administration Forum, an official of the Federal Highway Administration's former Office of Motor Carriers and Highway Safety pointed out that changing hours of service is an exercise in futility if parking is not available when drivers reach the end of their hours of service limits. Parking continues to be a problem for truck drivers, and action must be taken expeditiously by all parties, trucking companies, drivers, governments, and the private sector to solve this critical problem that can negatively affect highway safety. Now, this was nine years ago that this report, this special investigative report was published, was put out. And I cannot understand why we have not honestly addressed this issue in the best interest of the motoring public, not only truck drivers, but public and, and Virginia constituents, that we have not seriously taken into consideration the serious. That we have on our interstates dealing with fatigue. Now, I I know that you don't have the authority. I'm very aware. Transportation Department, of transportation does not have the authority over the uh, the troopers. That that is the Secretary of Public Safety, and i have yet to get anywhere with them. But in accordance to. A Motor Carrier, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's Regulations, Part 355, and my my brother had referenced 355.25, Section D, dealing with waiver termination. Now, I do know from personally speaking with the governor's office that your department does oversee the motor carrier services, and the motor carrier services, which is the Virginia DMV forward slash motor carrier services department, does have, has been designated the regulatory Review administrator that you your department does oversee that department So you do essentially have authority to put an end immediately to the uh, The serious issue of forcing truckers to not only break a law By the officers that enforce those very laws with another law uh, That they're ticketing them and sticking them back out on the highway now closing the rest areas Uh, is going to add, I mean, this is the reality, is going to add another 412 drivers that are going to be forced to run that stretch of road uh, and drive tired. So uh, the reality of safety is so clear here. That there, there really should be no decision on barricading these rest areas because this is essentially what is being proposed. Not just the locking of the restroom doors, locking of the garbage barrels, uh, no mowing. Uh, we are talking about restricting these areas from being utilized, and we cannot even understand if safety is the number one priority then why isn't at least the parking spots being allowed to be accessed that we are essentially not only currently which we are trying to eliminate this this forcing tired truckers you know a driver just put 11 hours in he does have the flexibility and the authority granted by the federal government and through the motor carrier safety assistance program the state of virginia has agreed to adopt these regulations and to abide by them. And in accordance to 355, and this is the purpose of 355, is to provide adoption and enforcement of state laws and regulations pertaining to commercial motor vehicle safety that are compatible with appropriate parts of the federal motor carrier safety regulations. Now, hours of service is a part that you must ensure that these, regu- these state laws are compatible with these hours of service regulations. It's a very, very serious situation, and the law is very clear that this should stop immediately. It should have never began just with, and I do understand the $2.6 billion issue that's going on. All, all the states are having problems, but I do want to point out that that is $133 million a year, okay? Now, 12 million, is a substantial amount of money. But I've been going through the Department of Transportation's budget line by line, and I'm seeing numbers not being cut from bike trail expansions, bike trail maintenance, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of money that, you know, when we're talking, when you make the statement cutbacks and we're making, you know, decisions based upon this, this need that we must fulfill, that it's, it really raises the eyebrows, especially for me, when I see that there's still money being put into areas that have nothing to do with the interstates and nobody's going to die when you have two bicyclists run into each other, but people are going to die if you have an 80,000-pound rig, a driver in that rig fall asleep and roll over onto a carload that's got a family in it. And that's, a, that's a tragic situation that can be avoided by simply adhering to the laws, you know, my my father taught me when I was young, you know, ignorance of the law is no defense, and these laws are in place. And one question I'd like to get answered is, uh, when has there been any uh, true, and I'm, I'm going to ask for some honesty here, some true discussion within these committees and uh, that you may be aware of that has actually, uh, you know, honestly discuss the seriousness of barricading these rest areas, let alone the seriousness of what's currently happening has been happening for several months, the forcing of drivers by your own state troopers to drive on your interstates. I mean, has there been any true, honest discussion among state officials in regards to that aspect?
2: Well, Frederick, I don't I don't want to interrupt you here, but there are about a half a dozen things you threw out on the table that I I need to to in your way. questions. Uh, okay. First of all, I I, I got to make one clarification. You had mentioned mm-hmm. before that uh, the motor carrier services program is maintained by the Department of Transportation. That's actually uh, maintained by a different entity. The Department of Motor Vehicles in Virginia is its own state department. It's not under the auspices of the Department of Transportation. So uh, oh. I just want to make sure that that's clarified okay. before. Uh, before we get too far into this conversation,
4: the other well, okay. I'll readdress that with the governor's office. Thank the you.
2: O- the other piece that I want to respond to is in the report you were reading from. There, I want to absolutely agree with you and agree with what that report says. And the, the piece that I'm mentioning in particular is that this is a very serious issue that does need to be responded to by private sector communities, the trucking industry, and the public sector. We absolutely and- agree with that here at the the Department of Transportation. And uh, that is, is one of the reasons we've been working very closely with the Virginia Trucking Association and others mm-hmm. as we've been making these difficult decisions, and also why in our analysis we are analyzing not only those facilities that are available for trucks that we provide through our state-sponsored rest area program, but also those private sector
4: uh, yes, I understand. Yes. parking yes.
2: spaces that are nearby, because we're trying to look at that whole picture and uh, we're working very closely with NATSO and others to identify truly what the options are available for every driver and every truck driver up and down these corridors and to try to identify all of the factors that need to be addressed before we make our final decisions. Uh,
4: Mm -hmm.
2: And I think that speaks to to your last question on who is actually looking at the analysis here and who is going to make these final decisions. We're trying to be very transparent through this process and trying to work with all of the experts, both within government uh, communities, within the professional research community from the Transportation Research Board and the Mm -hmm. NCHRP, and also with the trucking communities to try and determine all of the options that are available and all of the ramifications of this difficult decision. But when it comes right down to it, you are absolutely right. We are looking at a financial decision here. Uh, safety is our number one priority, but when we have a $2.6 billion revenue shortfall that by law we're required to address, uh, we are having to to look very hard at all of our programs. You had mentioned the bicycle and pedestrian programs and some of those other things that are in our budget. Absolutely, those are in our budgets, and we are trying to make cuts across the board, but a lot of those programs are also legally required, and it's very complex math that comes up to our state budgets and uh, very complex rules that we have to follow to use our federal money. But when mm-hmm. it comes right down to it, we, we have a very small window of funding that is actually discretionary, and a lot of the rest of that is required by law. And uh, certainly that makes our, our predicament even more difficult because we do have to live up to all of our legal obligations, both for the trucking community and for all of the other programs that are legally required. And uh, we have to make some difficult decisions on funding, in those margins that actually are under our control, that's not an excuse. That's just uh, the the difficult uh, reality and the challenge of transportation funding.
3: I'm
4: understanding. So uh, now, now that does raise one one question here: is is the these uh, programs that you're talking about the bicycle? You know, these the secondary I, I consider them secondary when when we're talking about you know highway safety. These the secondary programs that are. legally bound to be funded, uh, does not rest areas fall within that same type of parameter or has has the rest areas just part of the discretionary budget?
2: We are not legally required to have the number of rest areas that we have. There were provisions that were set up for rest areas when the interstate system was constructed using federal funding, and Uh uh, a lot of those rules dictate the spacing between rest areas the manner in which we're allowed to provide services in those rest areas, and what amenities we're able to provide. Probably the most talked about uh, piece of that, those federal reg- regulations that has come up during these, these discussions yes, of so rest I... area closures is the commercialization of rest areas. Uh, talk- yeah. uh, we are legally prohibited from having commercialized rest areas on the interstate system in Virginia. There are commercialized rest areas that folks have seen before, in New Jersey, uh, on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, for example. And a lot of folks ask us why we don't do that in Virginia. Uh, Frankly, we'd love to, but we are not allowed to under current federal law. And therefore, we uh, have tried to make the best decisions we can under the provisions we're able. We, We do not have the funding available to keep all of our rest areas open. Uh, we try, we're trying to shoot for a reasonable distance between rest areas that uh, is outlined in fe- federal regulations, but in mm-hmm. some cases we have rest areas that are much, much closer together than that, and therefore those are reasons we've decided to close some facilities. Uh, we, we've had to make some difficult choices here, and frankly, uh, certainly we've learned a lot during the public hearing process and during the uh, comment process that we're under right now. And it's open to our eyes to many concerns and many of the constituencies we have to to work very closely with before we finalize that decision. This plan was not final when we put it out, and it's not finalized yet. We're still working on making those final decisions. And we have heard loud and clear from the trucking community, from the tourism community, and from the uh, regular drivers going up and down the interstates some very valid concerns that uh, will factor into our final decisions as we move forward.
1: Um, well, if, now,
0: if you don't mind, um, I'd like to, I'd like to address a particular issue that was mentioned just a moment ago. Um, on several occasions, I have heard you address how, by law, you must maintain or address certain particular issues. I was, I would like to know, sir, how, by law, the time limits were able to be passed because, by law, there's supposed to be annual reviews. By law, it's supposed to, you know, public opinion and public interest is supposed to be taken into account regarding, um, you know, uh, the safe operations of commercial motor vehicles, but yet still, and, and by law, by the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, by law, we are supposed to receive equal protection of the laws, which is the flexibility within the operations of our hours of service. How, by law... Was the state of Virginia able to pass a two-hour parking limit, enforceable by threat of arrest, citation, and then, you know, and then the driver must remove himself from that location by threat of arrest or have their vehicle towed? How can you by law abridge, which is another violation of the Fourteenth Amendment? How can you by law do that? How come those issues are not being addressed and actually? prevented from being enforced as we speak today?
2: Uh, we are addressing that. and that's what I, I, I was trying to say before. As part of this review right now, we are looking very hard at those rules. The actual two-hour time limit from the best of our research at this point is not a law. It's a policy that was put in place many years ago by the Commonwealth Transportation Board, and we're working very closely with that board right now, uh, which is a, a board that's appointed by the governor here in Virginia to investigate what it would take to to change those rules and what we can do within safe confines and within the confines of the the federal regulations that we have that won't allow us to provide overnight parking in these facilities. However, we are looking very hard at that right now and trying to come up with a solution that can assist in addressing this problem. But frankly, there's no way that we can alone, the Department of Transportation in Virginia can solve... (laughs) the recognized problem that exists
0: well, then for we trucking, ask you right truck, now, truck
2: parking.
0: I'm sorry to interrupt, but we ask you right now to help us get a hold of whoever it is, the, the lead agency, the DMV, and get them to, to uh, cease the, the enforcement of these parking time limits because the worst day that's going to happen is the first day that you count a fatality because that should have never happened. And it should never happen. And the only person that's going to be held accountable is going to be a driver that is forced back out on the road against their will.
4: I, I need to I need to interject, you guys. I don't mean to do this, but there was a comment just now I made. I want to make sure I heard this right. Now, Mr. Caldwell, you said that the two-hour time limit is not a law. Is, is that your... Your state. I just want to make sure I heard that right. That it's a policy, not a law. Correct. correct?
2: From, from our research, and we've been trying to research state law mm-hmm. and all of our policies. From what we can tell right now, uh, there is a policy in place that sets that two-hour time limit, not a state law. And we okay. are looking at what it might take to address to adjust that policy. The second decision, okay. and uh, mm-hmm. a very important one, is what is the appropriate rules and regulations to govern this. This important issue, we want right. we want to help help the trucking community, and we certainly recognize the federal DOT regulations that that you all are under, and we certainly right. want to address that. But we know we cannot Department of Transportation and these 41 rest areas or however many we end up with cannot mm. solve that problem. And right, we certainly no, want no. to be part of the solution, but we can't do it alone.
4: No, we all need to be part of the solution. I agree. Uh, and and I you know one of, one of my comments was to don't barricade them. You know, Don't re- don't take the parking spaces away so that we can extend our ability to work together in coming up with a solution. The the statement or the the proposal that's been presented is the state of Virginia is going to barricade these rest areas, and in that is the the creation of a very very serious situation when in essence it's just a simple. Leave the barriers down so that when you meet your obligations come July 1st, we still have the parking available with the ability to continue beyond July 1st with communications and trying to uh, work together and figure out what we can do. You know, maybe we can work together and attack the federal government and get this, this law relieved that allows the commercialization on uh, the rest areas. I mean, there's all sorts of avenues that would be opened up that we wouldn't be closing the door or ending the conversation on addressing, truly addressing a safety issue, truly standing up and saying safety is our number one priority and acting as such by saying, look, we can't, we have to cut money. And, and we all do understand this. You know, everybody, even in our personal lives, us out here are having, we're feeling this pain. And we understand that, but to propose the barricading of the rest areas really—I mean, I'll be quite honest—it enrages me because it's a contrary action to a statement of safety being number one priority. So i, I want to, you know, I want to uh, basically uh, impress upon you when you uh, speak with anybody tomorrow that that please, the truckers are asking. And, and citizens, as well, I'm certain, are asking don't barricade them. Let's keep the door open to finding a solution, an, an honest direction towards a solution, and, and still demonstrate that we are working towards public, you know, highway safety. We truly are trying to do everything we can to advance safety on our highways. And in this, we are going to leave our rest areas open. We're not going to barricade them, but the restrooms will be locked you will need to maintain your your own you know keep your garbage you know the, the the normal things that us truckers do to begin with is you know if we don't have a barrel sitting next to us when we park at the rest area it usually goes in a bag in the truck next time i'm fueling i throw it in the garbage uh but don't barricade i strongly urge that virginia if you have to do this don't lock them down from us so that it's going to force another 112 drivers out there that could have had a spot uh now there is none and second is is in regards to this uh this not a law i mean this has got my attention and i'll be quite honest it's it's really now now this here's got me irked. if it's not a law how is it that a police officer can write a ticket I mean, there's drivers out there, and, and if need be, I can hunt. I can hunt names up out of articles that have been that they have come up, and for every five, you can be certain there's there's a hundred or so that's that's not known about. The tickets are being written, and if it's not a law, how can a ticket be written? Let alone the fact these these four guys being forced out. And this is another thing I would like to urge that you maybe get it get it up through the chain of command to consider it's an easy policy change well instead of trying to come up with a new policy or a policy that works just increase the two hour to ten hour so that it's compatible with the hours of service regulations because drivers we don't want to sit in a rest area any longer than we have to to be quite honest we want to get our rest and then we want to get back on the road because we don't make money if the wheels aren't turning so there shouldn't really be a concern about drivers homesteading in the rest area because I do understand the reasoning for the time limits. I truly do. But to apply that to the interstate commerce side with any type of common sense, it, it doesn't work. You know, Truck drivers are there because they are trying their best to, to stay compliant, to get rest, to be safe. And in the state of Virginia, it's a very serious situation that is occurring and has been occurring, and tickets are being written. And to hear you make the statement, it's not a law, it's a policy, but yet to have truth regarding tickets, it raises many, many questions. And here's my question. Who may I call? Who can I contact? Or may I offer up my phone number for you to pass on to? an individual that has the authority to address this issue, that truly has the capability to address this serious issue that we're that we're trying to bring to an end as soon as possible before there is a tragic situation.
2: I cannot speak to the law enforcement. I, I, I truly can't be, because that's beyond our purview, and I do not want to speak for another agency. But from the okay. enforcement side, if you have questions about their, their – uh, how they're writing tickets and that process they're using. I would encourage you to call the okay. Virginia State Police. I will. I, oh, I really I will. can't speak on their behalf, and I don't want to don't want to uh, presume to answer any legal questions uh, on their
0: That's,
2: behalf. Uh, yeah, don't sweat that...
0: Excuse me just a moment. But, um, Mr. Oh, Coldwell, I have taken the time to speak with the Virginia State Police Department, Sergeant Hawley, as a matter of fact,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: he he has absolutely stated that his job, and every, every Virginia state trooper's job is to only enforce the law. Now, he is calling this a law, but yet you're calling it a policy. Now, when we're out on the road, drivers don't necessarily understand what's the difference when we're receiving citations from both, okay? What needs to happen is, in the first place, this is an illegal law or policy. This policy never should have been written, never should be enforced. It should never have been posted, Okay. What needs to happen, and what we're asking you for help for, is to get this, to end the enforcement immediately of this. This is absolutely illegal. It's abridged our hours of service, and it's forcing this dangerous situation on the road that only the, the, the forced driver will end up having to, to pay the ultimate price of liability for the cause of the accident when it wasn't even their fault, and they're being forced back out there.
2: Like I said, I, I understand your your uh, comments. I cannot speak to the to the legal side of this, and, and I would encourage you to, to, if you talk to Sergeant Hawley, then you have a contact there. Uh, I do not know right. him personally, but I encourage for legal questions that folks contact the Virginia State Police. Yeah. Sure, they're yeah, going to we'll tell us to
0: contact somebody else. This is the politics of all of it, and this is the reason why, We've, you know, we've been really looking forward to talking with you about this. You know, um, if one side says talk to them and the other side says talk to you, you know, what 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 avenue do we have to go down? Who do we have to speak to when both sides are saying it's not us?
2: I, I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you're asking legal questions about the the ability for state police to write citations, and I I cannot speak to to their legal authority, nor cannot speak to the uh, the uh, provisions of the law that they're using to write those tickets it's just out of my area of expertise and I, I don't want to lead you astray by, by supposing something that uh, I can't I can't speak to
4: okay well, well oh, we will Thank you sir. yeah
2: we will follow up on that
4: once again uh, uh, before we got sidetracked on that is is there an individual that you're aware of that either I can offer our numbers our contact information to call us, and and open up a a dialogue, uh, begin a a direction of fixing this, uh, or may you possibly be able to provide me with a name and a department of who is the person in charge of being able to effectively address this serious situation.
2: And the situation you're speaking of is the the two-hour parking rule. Let me make sure I'm answering the right question here. Yes, Uh, yes. The, the the folks that are setting that policy is the Commonwealth Transportation Board. The chair of the Commonwealth Transportation Board is appointed by the governor. He is the Secretary of Transportation. His name is Pierce Homer. Pierce we Homer. are also working with with my boss, who is the commissioner, the, the head of our Department of Transportation. His name is David Eckern here in Virginia. Sure. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're all working very closely together, Secretary Homer, the Commonwealth Transportation Board, and... Uh, the commissioner, and our department to f- try to find appropriate solutions to the concerns raised by the trucking community, by the tourism folks, and by by the drivers that we've heard going up and down the, the corridors here in these, in these public hearings. And uh, we know we cannot please everybody. Uh, we right. know we're struggling with a very difficult financial situation, but we're committed mm-hmm. to try to work with everybody that we can to come up with with some solutions and address the the issues we need to as we go forward. All of the points you've raised, uh, Mm -hmm. including what we do with shuttered facilities, uh, which facilities we close, the truck parking restrictions, the number of spaces that are available, and what services we may or may not be able to provide at these rest areas, has been part of this dialogue um, Mm -hmm. and and has been part of our conversations throughout these public hearings. We've heard more than 1,270 people who have attended these public hearings uh, 280 people ha- have spoken, and we re- re- received thousands of written comments. And the reason you're, you're hearing me not necessarily uh, be able to give you some final decisions on things tonight is because we truly respect that comment period and the public input we're receiving. And we were collecting public input through the end of the day today, and we'll analyze every piece of uh, public input we received and look at all of the suggestions and comments to, to make the best decisions possible. And we commit to communicating those decisions as soon as they are made, and we plan to do that in the May and June time frame for all of Mm -hmm. these services. And as soon as we make final decisions on these rest areas in consultation with with all of these folks that I mentioned, uh, we'll we'll make sure to get that out to everybody.
4: Okay. Uh, Can I ask, uh,
2: because I know all I can do is respectfully ask,
4: that uh, you do take back with you to your boss to be part of these uh with uh homer and Elkin, and these boards that are that are having this hard decision to make uh my uh my oral comments and and i will send in another uh when we're done with the show this evening i will send in another email comment written comment in regards to not shuttering them down completely don't barricade them and the uh, and i'm going to presume uh from what i've understood that the commonwealth Transportation board is the one that that you stated deals with the two-hour policy, uh, and and I will take and address that with them as well, Uh, but is there a way that this can be pointed out within these meetings, and these these critical hearings, uh, that this is also an issue that that needs to be taken into account when we're making this final decision, because the decision you make on these rest areas, you can effectively set in place the closing of the facilities, but the, the the non-shuttering of the available spaces, and within that decision can effectively be a statement, a a policy, so to speak, that the truck drivers have ten-hour limits uh, until we can, you know, that this can possibly be addressed at the same time, and and bring this to an end. Um, with can I have? a, uh, an honest commitment that you'll try to bring that back with you? Uh,
2: the short answer is yes, absolutely. And, uh, yep. I actually attended all, all of the public hearings and I remember actually your, your comments at the Northern Virginia meeting when you, when you said you did that. Um, all of those comments, they're actually sitting here on my desk in a file box. Uh, we've received thousands of comments, and thousands of pages of, of information. We're looking through every one of those right now. And I can, mm-hmm. I can tell you honestly, uh, talk to the the commissioner as soon as this morning, and we will be talking to the Commonwealth Transportation Board tomorrow at their uh, monthly meeting, which is here in Richmond, to convey to them the messages we heard in these public hearings. And certainly both of those messages that you have come back to here on several occasions are part of that dialogue. So I, I can very, in a word, say absolutely yes, that information will be shared and continues to be discussed as we try to make our final decisions here. Thank you. And, Thank you. and uh, all I
0: can ask, and if you don't mind me adding to that, if that can be the prior, the priority, the topic of priority when it comes to in, uh, you know, in, addressing these issues, if that could be priority number one to be addressed, to change this enforcement or at least allow some type of observance of a 10-hour instead of the two-hour parking limit so that we can immediately address and alleviate any kind of situation, and that's what my brother and I are basically trying to do. We, we are just trying to prevent any, any tragedies from happening. You know, you can't put a price on human life. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a $12 million, you know, savings. What is the value of a human life? You know, uh, it could be anybody. Uh, it could be somebody that lives locally, a Virginia State citizen. It could be a truck driver. It could be, you know, on vacation. It could be somebody just passing through you know, going to visit a relative in, say, uh, Maryland. You know, this could affect anybody and everybody, and that would be the worst-case scenario. I
2: can, I can tell you, tell, tell everyone who's listening and, and respond exactly to you that safety is the number one priority here at our agency, and it may seem difficult. Certainly these are difficult decisions, and it may be difficult to understand uh, that truly safety is at the, the bottom of these discussions because we are trying to prioritize our spending, to all of the absolute necessary items here in Virginia that uh, we have to do to ensure safe travel. and We are trying to balance the need to make sure roadways are smooth, make sure potholes are not there, make sure debris is not in the road, make sure we respond when there's a snowstorm, and uh, make sure we have lines painted on the roads and stoplights that work uh, every day. And, and All of those are very difficult decisions, but things we are taking very seriously and uh, I can, can certainly to, to sort of sum up here, certainly say to, to, to you all, we're, we're hearing the messages that you're giving us, we're hearing this public comment, and uh, we are trying to address some of those very serious concerns from the, from the uh, closure of rest areas, the availability of parking, and certainly this, this issue of the hours of availability for, for trucks to park in the rest areas. We're trying to address those as best we can and uh, working very hard to uh, balance all of the, the, the needs that are involved in these decisions. Uh, and uh, what I would say to, 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 you, to you all and to all the listeners and to Alan, uh, you're welcome to post this information if you'd like. We are still taking public comments through today, and uh, if, if folks want folks who are listening now want to send in information, I'll give you an email address that, that that can come to, and it will be included in this official public comment. Uh, that is vdot, V-D-O-T, info, I-N-F-O, at v.dot dot Virginia spelled out dot gov. That's v dot info at v dot, dot Virginia dot gov. And if anyone listening wants to send in a comment, uh, we will close the, the public comment formal public comment period today, uh, just so we can truly analyze every comment that we've received and bring it b- before the Commonwealth Transportation Board. But if if folks do want to submit comments, they're welcome to do that. And uh, my staff and the commissioner and the secretary and others will read through every one of these comments and we'll take that into consideration as we make these final decisions. So, Uh, so Alan, Alan, with that, I I wanted to uh, provide folks that resource and also wanted to remind folks of our website, uh, Mm -hmm. virginia.dot.org, where they can find out more information about these decisions and see this information that the the, uh, brothers here were referencing on the Mm -hmm. MAPS and rest area decisions. Okay. okay. I appreciate it. it.
1: And, uh, I mean, I I want to be... I, I want I to be respectful of your time. Do you have one more question, and then I, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, go ahead if Mr. Caldwell has the time.
2: I, I'll, I I'll take to, one more question, but then I, then I do need to go. I don't have one a question. more. Okay.
4: Is there a time limit on the submitting of comments? That's just real quick.
2: Today know. was the closure, the advertised closure of our formal public comment period. So I would encourage anyone that wants to to uh, input that information to send it in today. Uh, with yeah. respect to the to the folks that we've asked to put in comments beforehand and with our desire to analyze every comment we received and make mm-hmm. that part of the final decision, we would ask that folks send that in today uh, okay. so that we can be sure it gets included in those files. Okay. Okay. So Soon that morning. would be up, yeah.
3: up till midnight
2: tonight. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it open for the rest of the day today. My staff will okay. uh, do the final analysis tomorrow morning. So if folks are listening now and want to send stuff in tonight, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and accept anything we receive on April 15th, kind of like tax day.
1: <laughs> I hear you,
4: That's you a whole Mr. Caldwell.
2: Other show. <laughs> well, Alan, I appreciate okay. you having me on tonight, and I, I'm glad to, to have hopefully answered a few questions and given some uh, more information about the decisions we've been making. I would encourage folks to to keep finding information on our website, and your, people are welcome to to submit comments and questions to that same email address even after tonight but uh, we were just putting an April 15th deadline on the official comments to be included in the final decisions. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I really appreciate
1: you coming on. Our chat room, for, we have a lot of listeners, so uh, uh, I appreciate you taking your time out of your personal time, and uh, maybe we can have you on again sometime, but you really helped, and uh, I really do appreciate
2: it. Sounds good. Call me anytime. Thank you. you right, thanks you. a lot, man. Thanks. Be safe now.
1: Okay, well, um, uh, so there you have it. at least out of good story uh, uh, j b. and Frederick how that help you out any uh that helped me, well, it's raised a lot
4: more questions
0: uh, <laughs> absolutely uh,
4: yeah. I now i mean there's the, there's a ton more questions well, it's actually focused on one major question that uh, I was actually received a phone call from Sergeant Holly this morning uh it kind of caught me out and left field because i i was under the depression i had to go even higher uh and then it was other departments we had to deal with and i have a major question in regards to the statement of this is not a law now and then from that yeah. lord knows what comes from there but finding out the person we need to speak with next brother <laughs> is uh pierce homer with the commonwealth transportation board uh, tried I, well we we've got new methods <laughs> we We have many people out there standing up with us now, and I will get through to at least mr Homer's uh assistant um apparently from what i'm understanding and and i i know I made myself clear in reiterating and asking that I was uh, correct in my understanding that uh the the, the director or the person that is in charge or in control or can do something is Commonwealth Transportation Board, Mr. Pierce Homer, in regards to this two-hour time limit routine. So tomorrow, that will be on my agenda. That that did help a lot. He, uh, he did give us a lot of information, and there, and I'm kind of glad he was able to present it so that people out there can hear the state of Virginia's side of the coin. Uh, it's pretty much in line with everything I've been seeing. Um, I I did realize he wasn't going to be able to venture into the uh, different areas we we truly needed to get into uh, in regards to truckers out there receiving tickets, uh, being forced to violate hours of service regulations. And like I said to him, I said, for every five, and I, I know of 15 right off the top of my head that has been ticketed, that has been forced to drive uh, to violate their hours of service and drive tired, and so that tells me if we heard from 15, then there's at least a two, three, maybe thousands out there that we don't hear from that are feeling the same effect. And um, I am, I just got questions just flowing through the brain right now as to how this, can be. you know, how how can this be? Um,
0: yeah, what's the difference uh, between a law and policy? When they're that's both enforced, the, when they're both enforced by citation, by legal yeah. and financial consequence.
4: Yeah, so that's that's the first question that comes up. But wait a minute. So, uh, but I did make sure, and everybody it out there looks. Sounds like politics to me. I'm sorry. Well, it is, and I mean, but through politics, we receive more information. We we now have a a, dire, a new direction, another direction to travel. Uh, we have many more questions now. But the people listening in on this has heard for themselves that this is an issue, and apparently he has acknowledged that the state of Virginia is aware that this is an issue, that they have a serious, a very, very serious situation that is being created by this apparent policy uh, and not law, and... They're holding meetings to decide how to handle it. Uh,
0: you know, I'm not. It would be damn- nice. I'm sorry to interrupt, but it, you know it would be nice as if they would continue to hear from not just us at the American Driver, Silver Surfer, and myself, J.V., but from many more people as well sorry. who are concerned. Not the people who are just living in Virginia, not the people who are just traveling into Virginia or out of Virginia or through Virginia, but everybody who's concerned as well to prevent any tragedy, any other drivers who are afraid that they themselves might be put in a position where they are going to be forced to violate their hours of service when they're tired, get out back out on the road, because when you're in a rest area, there's only one road you can get back out onto, and that's the interstate. And, you know, be involved in something tragic, and be held accountable for that when you had no choice in the matter.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, there was a lot of questions I wanted to get in, but um you know, I know uh, I mean it's happened to me, I'm sure it's happened to like you said, thousands of drivers. I mean one I can't remember when it I mean what it what all it was, what state I was in, it was too long ago, but I I stopped on a little side road in front of the receiver that I was gonna be at in the morning. Deputy uh, sheriff came along, knocked on my door, said you can't park here. I was out in the middle of nowhere. I had no I had no idea of where I could go, so I just kinda, you know, started driving. And um, couldn't find a place, and uh, got ended up being pulled over by a state trooper, and uh, sure enough, checked my logs and everything, ended up getting a ticket for violating,
4: you know, the <laughs> service. And,
1: and it's like holy cow, you know, a driver just can't, you know, can't win for nothing. But it really did surprise me. It kind of knocked me for a loop when he said that uh, it wasn't a law because I could have sworn I've been up there many times. I could have sworn that that little sign with the two-hour post underneath it says uh you know according in according to uh, you know state ordinance or city ordinance or county ordinance uh i mean haven't you i mean y'all have y'all, y'all seen those signs isn't there something about that like that underneath there
0: well alan i'd like to address mm-hmm. that as a matter of fact back in october i believe it was early october i was traveling as a matter of fact to the very same rest area that that mr caldwell was speaking of it i'm uh Interstate 81 mile marker 129. I stopped there and this is when I found out about this this time limit. I parked there, I stopped for a few hours. I needed I was driving, I was I needed that rest because sometimes you start driving, you get 70, 100 miles down the road and it affects you. You've been traveling, everything catches up. You're just tired. You can't you cannot go any further. I had to stop, catch a few hours sleep. I woke up Went in, uh, freshened myself up in the facilities, came back out, and there, right in front of me, was that sign. Now, on our website, theamericandriver.com, go into the site mm-hmm. homepage and the navigation buttons, right to the left, tales from the big road. I've got a nice big picture of it. Okay. You can see for yourself if there whatever code is on there, and from what I, um, and I There's do a- not believe. If I can recall, I do not believe that there is anything on there.
1: See, I could have sworn that it. it said, uh, uh, you know, I forget the exact term, but according to ordinance number, you know, what such and such and such. But,
4: They're supposed uh, to. Usually, yeah, usually it's, they've got It's been
1: to. a while.
0: <laughs> if you bear with really, me a moment, I'm pulling it up so that I can take a second look at yeah. it. Yeah. Well, okay. the thing is that,
4: that, you know, these, it, it's exactly what you just pointed out. See, I've personally been in the Virginia rest area and had my door knocked on, but this was many years ago, and had a trooper, you know, make a comment about me being there for quite a while. And I just kind of, you know, respectfully told him, I said, well, sir, i got, you know, six hours left on my logs, you know, my time, my off time before I can, before I'm allowed to drive again. And, you know, I'm, of course, handing my log book out the window to so he can look at it. And he opened it up and looked at it, and he just looked back up and just gave me a little little smirk, you know, like a smile, and said, well, then I'll mm-hmm. expect you out of here in six hours. I said, yes, you will. <laughs> and and yeah. he, he went about his business. Uh, but since we've had this major economic problem that our federal government has created, and and I say that, you know, that's my opinion, and I know there's probably many out there that may not agree, but... Truly, this, this economic woes that we are going through is, has been generated, created, by our government. And because of this, the states now are short money. I mean, Lord, the Americans had to cut back so heavy last year, we drove 100 billion miles less. Now, you, when you start equating that to federal tax dollars and state tax dollars, they got killed. You know, the Senator, yeah. Sessions, Senator Sessions and the Senate committee, when he listened to us, when we went and talked to him last April, and he introduced the American Energy Production Act of 2008 that addressed the fuel crisis, and that Senate should have passed that bill and taken aggressive action and put a stop to the fuel crisis, the robbing at the pump, the, you know, the, the, the robbing of American citizens and truckers. And we, we may not be in this serious situation we're in now, but we are. And and it's all you know backlash from not acting. Here we are again, where we hear them talk, and and it, everything is fine and grand, and it, and it sounds good, but there's no action. There's you know there's drivers being forced onto the highways, and they're tired. Uh, this is this the last story that I read that was published uh, in the Landline magazine? was a Mike, uh, Mike Mayer, I believe it is, in Richmond, Virginia, had stopped at a rest area after putting in a very long day. He uh, made the comment that, yes, he could have possibly you know, got to his destination, but he was tired and needed to sleep. At 3 a.m. in the morning, he's woke up, written a ticket, and forced to drive down the road. And, and it, it, I mean, this is a reality that's occurring, and it's time that our government, started listening to the people when situations like this particular situation uh, doesn't it does not require discussion it does not require debate it does not require committees to try and decide what's the best thing to do it requires somebody in authority whether it be mr. Homer uh, mr. Akron mr. Kane himself the governor to stand up put his foot down and dictate to the authorities under him that that have been designated that are doing this to stop immediately so we figure out how to handle this. You are not to rouse these truckers again. You're not that to go to what needs to happen, yes sir. And and even and, and you know, I, I do have some respect for Mr Caldwell taking not only some personal time to share with us to, to have a discussion with us. Uh, but I do have a, a feel a need to express that it does not address the serious nature of what they are allowing to occur. And in, in this in itself is just appalling. It, it, yeah, it bothers every my single mind.
0: day that they continue to, to make these uh, public statements of analysis and taking time for this meeting and that meeting. Every single minute of every single day, this is being enforced. Another driver, yet more, well, multiple drivers throughout each and every day, each and every night are being forced into this situation. And regarding the pictures, uh, the one that I spoke of on our website is a composite, but that is actually the picture. I, I still have the pictures. That is the actual picture, and there is, there is no regulations. And that was the only picture that was, I mean, the only sign. That was posted right there. It was all by itself.
4: Um, You know, not to interrupt you, but this does kind of justify his statement of it being a policy and not a law. That that can is is supportive to the statement of it being a policy. If it was a law, there would be an ordinance number included in that green box around the two-hour parking limit. Uh, So then, Uh, how can they
0: how can they put a legal uh, financial consequence of a ticket? On a policy.
4: Well, I, I respect Mr. Caldwell's uh, limitations and will be following up phone calls with uh, Sergeant Hawley uh, to try and find out who it is above him. Uh, did you ever get the commissioner, the commander's phone number? Didn't you say you finally had got your hands on it? Because we need to address that issue first thing tomorrow in regards to how it, our. DPS troopers allowed to write a ticket in regards to a policy and not a law. Uh, that that's that's first and foremost right there.
0: Yeah, I was when I spoke to Sergeant Hawley, He, uh, of course, you know, directed me to uh, uh, Pierce Homer. But in trying to get to Pierce Homer
4: in the first place. I got something you, you got something I know, I know. I've been there, I know, I've been passed around the circle about eight or nine times in the last three weeks. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it actually gets to be kind of funny when one of them finally catches on, because I, I do this gig. You know, I make a phone call, they'll say, well, you need to speak with, and I'll get a name and number, and I'll call that person and tell them that this, this, this previous person, who they were, told me that I need to talk to you. Well, no, you don't talk to me. You need to talk, too. And I've gone literally in a circle several times, and I finally had one recognize, hey, you know, why do they keep sending you to me was the question. And I said, I don't know. Why don't you call them and ask them? Because
0: yeah, I've actually I want... sat down and numbered, put down the number as to starting, this is the first person, second person, third person, and mm-hmm. I actually started duplicating numbers. I don't want people's names that I've been referred to
4: in order to it's contact amazing.
0: regarding these issues.
1: Well, it's it's well, the old it's, it's the old, old passing the buck, you know. But you know, and one thing I was looking around, I found uh, too. You know, I see these posts. Well, you know, they can uh, what was it? They can close down these uh, 412 parking spaces, but there's like 5200 something commercial parking spaces in the area, but. You know, I know very well, I've been in there many, many times, the, the commercial, the stores and, and places will will have signs up, uh, very plain, no semis. And another thing, though, a lot of those commercial lots cannot hold 80,000 pounds. And, yeah. uh, I would have liked to have brought that up, too, but, uh, you know, probably would have gotten the same thing. But, you know, you got to well, give the guy cool. credit. I mean, he, he came on. He probably feels like he uh, went 12 rounds with Mike Tyson, but... Uh, <laughs> thank you i uh, I gotta give the guy credit oh absolutely (laughs) i'll give my hat to
0: to mr caldwell and and coming on and addressing these issues but one thing we never even got to got to go into the scope of not just the time limit in the rest areas but there are now beginning city ordinances the the city pd are beginning to enforce city ordinances of parking time limits in the truck stops in roanoke it is there are There are citations being given to drivers who have been parked longer than four hours in the truck stops. And we're not talking bootleg parking spots. I mean, we're talking
4: designated
0: parking spaces that drivers that have been in there and still trying to get their ten hours of sleep or ten hours of rest, according to the hours of service, and are being forced to drive away after four hours.
4: Mm -hmm. Really, by the city police. It is a city. Now, Sergeant, I spoke with Sergeant Hawley on that one, and he did inform me that the DPS troopers, the State Highway Patrol, uh, does not enforce city ordinances. So we, there's, there's there's no concerns. And, and do you understand, if anybody out there listening ever has a situation where a DPS officer comes up onto a truck stop and, and hounds you, let people know. Because that in itself, we have been informed by DPS that that. Would, that does not happen uh, I mean we we need to I, I want to take and get a couple of things up I forget though because right? I want people to understand uh, the nature of our government and these numbers that they present to us because I know that he didn't readdress my interjection or my statement of pointing out that he says two point six billion dollar Downfall, and yes, you know all states are having this problem. But that he did make the statement, and now he's sneaking in at the end. You know that's a six-year program. Now, when you break two point six down into six years, that's four hundred thirty-three million dollars a year. Now that's a that's a, <laughs> when they're talking numbers and they say two point six billion. Well, no, this year is four hundred thirty-three million. Next year may be a better year. The yeah, year what, after what that, about
0: the nine hundred thirty-eight million, which is more than twice that? That they received just in federal funding alone that went 100% into construction last year in their fiscal
4: budget. Well, they, they may, I mean, we haven't gone through all the budget lines yet, Mike. That that, that number may be inclusive of this $2.6 But I also want to take, and because I'm pointing this out, dealing with how they, they use these numbers, do you understand he made reference to 50 something hundred to 70 something hundred uh, commercial spots, parking spots available within the state. Of Virginia. Now that's not, we'll go with the low side, 5900, along I-81, where they are proposing to shut down all but the two entrance service areas along that route. See, the the number is not properly being reflected here. Okay, well how many of those 5900 spots statewide is within the corridor of I-81? I think is it 1500, 2700, 3,600, 3,200, do not allow yourselves to, to get wrapped up in numbers when, they, when they're being presented to you. And when you hear a number, pay very close attention to what follows that number, what the words are that are being said. Absolutely, and, when he and that's made, the
0: reason why I asked about the, uh, you know, the availability, to be able to see their analysis, because are they actually out there taking account on the number of commercial vehicles that actually travel that corridor? versus the number it's, of spaces that they're going to be shutting down. And,
4: you it's know, a, lot, a lot more than 7700, that's so, for sure. so when
0: you take into account the number of vehicles, and other commercial motor vehicles, that's not even counting, you know, regular citizens and automobiles the, and pickup trucks and motorcycles. You know, we're just talking commercial motor vehicles. You take into account the number of those versus the parking spaces versus – you know everybody's economically being impacted by all this. Everyone's slowing down there's these trucks need to stop somewhere, especially if they make deliveries or pickups and then waiting for a reload assignment. Where are they going to stay?
4: Right. Uh, it is a, <clears throat>
0: everywhere, everywhere, including the state of Virginia, they're popping up with these no parking signs everywhere, and it only exactly. can, we cannot help but but feel. As though this is nothing but revenue generation, backslided revenue generation.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Let me me, uh, open up this one line. I think I know who this is. Area code 352. If you're wanting to be on the air, go ahead.
3: Hey, L. Smith, though. I'm I'm the name of the show.
1: I knew it. Yeah, this is my co host and executive producer, Barry Stutsky. What are you doing? What's going on? I saw you just jump in. Have you been listening to the show?
3: I, I've been listening to it. I had a hard time hooking up with the first ten minutes. I, I was having a problem with my internet line, and uh, I'm sitting here getting emotional listening to all this. And I just wanted to put a statement out there. And <clears throat> I think that the entire issue has to be broken down on an individual basis. And one person's life is worth a million dollars to me. And if there's a driver out there that's having to use the rumble strips as a navigation device, (laughs) uh, (laughs) driving blind,
4: it's not really, truly not. It is.
3: (laughs) Well, 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 34 years of clutching the wheel. I hate, I'm not proud of the fact, but I think I've done that a couple of times. And for a vehicle that's paying thousands for tags, thousands for uh, road use taxes, tolls uh, Mm -hmm. per vehicle times millions of vehicles, and for them to say to me that you can't give me a safe spot, you know, my wife and kids are worth something to me, and and you know, and I don't want to be out there like that. And just that, you know, I think if we got money for pig odor research in Iowa, we we can afford the asphalt for a big rig, you know.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh I yeah, understand. not here. Well, oh, and just,
3: you just know. I'd like
0: to add statistically, and I know it's just a tidbit of uh, trivial information, but. I have heard and I believe it's AAA that designates the value of a human life for for the government to be able to use it for their multiplier to determine the size of government and when George when when Bill Clinton was president it was 7.9 million dollars per was the average value of an American life and when President Bush came in he had gotten that dropped to 6.9 million so to give you an idea if we go by President Bush's you know, term in what, how AAA had determined the value of an American life, you're looking at less than two. So are they considering that a collateral damage?
3: <laughs> I, I think, oh. I, I think oh. so. I, I think so. And, you know, and it, it just it's kind of reached a point. And, and I just want to throw something else out there. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, currently I don't leave Florida, okay, but I'm doing a 100,000 miles a year down here. And on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there is no parking spaces. Everywhere I've ever driven, there is none. So the idea you, that, you know, that, you know, they can factor in these numbers that involve Saturday and Sunday when the rest areas are empty and then divide by seven and then divide by 24 and say <laughs> 7 p.m. every night there's 0.025%. Uh, you know, you know and I, I, I don't want to get profane here, but, but you know, I, I could really tell someone what to do with all those numbers. Call any driver on North America, ask them a simple question. Can you find a parking space when you're tired? And and you'll get a million answers, and you know what that answer is. you know? Absolutely not.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah, that's why I couldn't help but address
0: that issue about how I'd like to see the analysis, because the number of spaces that they're proposing to close down versus whether or not they've actually counted the number of drivers that travel that corridor. You know, I mean, let's face it.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, well, I would really I
0: guess, like to see that analysis.
3: I, well, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, just. Put, 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 put an analysis meter. You, you know that thing at the pilot, you know, where you, you swipe your card there to, uh, to, uh, uh-huh. to get your fuel receipt. Put, put a questionnaire right up there with the real deal, real drivers that are, that, that are out there pounding the pavement, you know, trying to make a living and say, can you find a parking space? Because the guy's probably double parked, in front of the fuel island, and people are cursing at him by the time, just so he can get his fuel receipt. I mean, that's how crowded it is. So Absolutely. You
0: know, I've just, see, just
3: seen one too many body bags. And, and I think anybody that's been out there a number of years has seen. And when a truck hits a car, the car goes like a bingo chip, and that's if they're lucky, you know. And oh, absolutely. Over the car rail and into the, it's, it's not even a competition thing. No, so. sir. But, to but get anyway, into I, just re- I just was getting, actually getting emotional. I mean, it's just like man, you know, my family's worth something, your family's worth something, and that state trooper that's writing that ticket, his family's worth something, and he's worth something, right. so and Absolutely. I think we really need to, to 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 melt it down to one person's life's worth millions, and I think... Yeah, it's, collectively. yes. And, uh, yeah. well, anyway, we, we, like,
1: we, have to, we have to... Go ahead. We we have to... Uh, we have to get up to the proper level, you know, because, you know, like I said, I, I, you know, I've been on the other side. I've been a police officer and deputy sheriff, and and you know that police officer he he enforces city and deputy sheriff county and a state trooper state and you can look at that state trooper all you want and say well you're making me break federal law he, he doesn't care he's only interested in state law and uh so you got to get it to the uh the level of people like um you know frederick and Jv are doing and uh because state troopers not going to be able to do anything you know he doesn't even look at that but but, I, I, again, I have to admit that I, I, I just could have sworn that that said ordinance. And um, so, man, I've got to do some more investigating than that. That kind of made me fall out of my chair when he said that.
0: Yes, sir. What is the difference between a law and a policy when it comes to the enforcement of financial and, and legal consequence? When, you know, mm-hmm. I
4: mean,
0: yeah, they're, they're, they both have the same exactness of, of enforcement. You know, so so what do we do? Is it is it a politics? Is it a play on words as to what's uh, you know what's being enforced? But either way, it doesn't matter because if you look up the Fourteenth Amendment in Section One, it says, as a natural as as a citizen of the United States of America, we all have equal protection of the laws and re- that you know that are applied within the jurisdiction of every state. So when we're traveling through the state of Virginia, Congress, through the guidelines of the FMCSA, has allowed us, they have given us authority to operate within the parameters, the flexibility to operate within the parameters of the hours of service. Those are our mandated regulations that we must follow. So, therefore, they must allow that to happen. This is an abridged law or policy. Either way you want to look at it, it abridges our constitutional rights
3: uh, and, and one of the rights that we have and i'm, I'm gonna hang up and, and free up the line i just wanted to tell you guys, god bless you man and, and you're doing a, Thank a, you great, sir. a great god bless thing. you too for speaking out yeah and i i just you know really appreciate and you know we can we can all complain and i have and you know but what you're doing right now is, is something way beyond that and i really really sincerely appreciate it and uh you know, truckers of the world unite. That'd be my message, and I'll catch up <laughs> with you guys later. I'm, I'm gonna listen. I'm going listen. I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna listen on, on back on the computer, man. I, I hope you guys the best. Thank, Thank you. So. Okay. Hey, well, hey, Bear, no, hey, Barry. Don't I have ahead.
1: one question for you.
3: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I have. Why
1: aren't you working?
3: <laughs> excuse, excuse me.
1: Why aren't you working? Why aren't you out there driving?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, my employer has... My employer had no employment for me this evening, so i decided listen, I, I decided to listen to some real professional drivers uh obloviate on the on the uh, blog talk radio so you know I'm, when the show's over i I'm, I'm Alan. just to torment you a little bit as soon as the show's over, I got three words to say to you twitter 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 okay yeah. well, sir, i hope you're
0: not par- i hope you're not parked in virginia tonight i'm I'm not parked
3: in Virginia, you know I'm parked in Ocala, california and uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not working because they have no work, thank God. I love having days off, so my favorite thing to do is not driving. <laughs> All right,
1: well, Barry, thanks for calling in, and I'll, I'll see you Sunday on the Trucker Sunday Show. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, can I plug it? Man, we were going to have a ball on Sunday. Yeah, everybody tune in. Um, we got a, a guy that does a pers- impersonations. Actually, it's my brother, and he is just so funny. The last time I heard him do his thing, my stomach was hurting. So anybody out there, you want to get a good laugh,
1: on
4: Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
3: Adios.
1: Adios, yeah, thanks, time. Uh, yeah, we have, we lighten things up on uh, our Sunday show, but uh, on this, again, uh, we all know this is a really, really serious problem, and uh, I think we surely got that point across to Mr. Caldwell, and and it's all a matter of just getting it to the right people, and, and um, I hope that. Uh, you know we you guys have a uh, a handle on uh, where to go next I mean uh, I'm sitting here a little confused but you guys are on top of this thing uh, the, the sergeant that you spoke of uh, what whats what's your next step here
0: well um, I guess we contact the DMV they're apparently the lead agency uh, we contact uh, mr Pierce Pierce Homer. I'll, hey, I can
4: lay it straight up. I'll, I'll tell you what my next one is. Uh, I am currently uh, showing respect to uh, Mr. Uh, Paul Pugh. With the he is he is a individual and, and real quick, not not to digress here, but I want to send out a huge thanks, a big big thank you. Pat yourselves on the back, guys. Everybody that's listening that took the time Friday and Monday to pick a phone up for a few minutes. And make a phone call. Uh, Absolutely, I, I thank call, you
0: very much for all your help and
4: I, support. Yeah, I call that my phone campaign. The true, <laughs> the, the true power that we can wield without having to spend thousands of dollars and make an appearance and take time off of work. Uh, yeah, and but, this
0: is not about, about this is not about Silver Surfer and myself, J.B. This is about saving lives. This is about the people of this country being protected and having having the laws and regulations and policies. Reflect that, you know, which is what we deserve and what we pay for with our taxes.
4: Man, I'm gonna resuit the phone on you. Let me take my thank <laughs> you because I want to I want to take and tell these. I want to hey, say brother. thank you very much for everybody that heard. Uh, Alan, for thank you very much for helping out. That the efforts that were put in play Thursday, and the people standing up and actually doing something, making that phone call, applied such pressure upon the uh, Governor's Highway Safety Administration that I was able on Tuesday morning, yesterday morning, to make a phone call. I had to listen to about five minutes of ranting, which it felt so good to, to hear this lady just going off about the phones, are going off, we have nothing to do with it. I was able to finesse my way through that conversation and get a phone number that led to a number that led to a number that got me to... Somebody in a high level within the motor carrier services, and he understands the seriousness of this issue. He understands the regulations. I pointed out to him part 355. He has assured me that uh, he is going to look into this and have this individual give me a call. Now, right now, I'm currently showing respect and giving him at least a couple days, two, three days. I figure Friday I'll give a call back. The beauty thing about these people calling you back is they usually do it from their desk, and I have caller ID, and I have his phone number. Uh, Tomorrow I will be immediately calling Sergeant Hawley and having a discussion with him about this issue of it not being a law, And when I'm done with that discussion, I'm moving on to the Commonwealth Transportation Board, Mr. Homer. And that will be my next step, our, our next major focus, now that we know, we've been told, and everybody out there listening has heard it said, that the Commonwealth Transportation Board is the body that is in the, I guess the authority, the power, has the power to do something about this supposed policy that we've come to learn uh, that this is the, not a law.
0: Knowing the sound that, of the tone in my brother's voice, I've got a feeling that the information on how to contact them is going to be up on our website.
4: I'm going to <laughs> get it in the social security group. You can, <laughs> on that. And, you know, I I I just man, I just want to just tell everybody, reach around and pat yourself on the back because those efforts is what we try to, we have identified from actually putting our feet on the ground and going to D.C. last April, being part of the Harrisburg rallies, uh, going to RNC, uh, you know, making trips. And, And we have realized that we truly, through this type of effort, we've identified that there's a means that we can all come together and unite and apply enough pressure that the few of us, because it's not just me and my brother, I know there's, enough, there's, there's obviously got to be a handful of others out there that have made the decision to take the effort of having dialogue without destroying a conversation to get something done. And the us few can fall in on the tail end of a bombardment. And if we're not getting if we're getting complete disrespect, we can honestly make the statement, if you want this to stop, then you Open up a dialogue with me. Honestly, have a discussion with me about addressing this issue. If you want to refuse to cooperate and hear me, then I'll get right back out there and I'll call, you know, I'll reach out to uh, the many that, that are that are assisting me. We are uniting together and I will put it right back up to say, hit a phone campaign next two days. And and as the days go by and the numbers grow and there's more and more and more of us, uh, i I truly believe if we just talk to each other, we start reaching out beyond who's hearing us to understand that it, we all have phones. We don't have to take time off of work. We don't have to, you know, spend a lot of money to travel someplace that from the comfort of our home, we can effectively in a unified voice exert such dramatic <laughs> effects upon a specific department by just, you know, stop in and just look and see if the, uh, if there's something happening, you know, that we call we put something up on the site saying, you know, this this person, this department, this number, phone campaign next two days. And that we essentially try to get ten thousand of us or fifty thousand. Just imagine if we reached out and enough of us united and there was a few hundred thousand of us that that took this effort, to stand up, and speak out, and just take two minutes to say, I'm calling about this issue, I'm extremely concerned, please call you know, so and so. And,
0: Absolutely. One by one, we can make a difference. Yeah,
4: and we could literally yeah. jam line for two days. They would do no business. Jam the emails. I mean, can you imagine a hundred thousand emails? Guy comes in in the morning. He's got a hundred thousand emails, and within them hundred thousand emails is the important ones he wants. He he can't click that one box and delete them all.
3: He has to physically go <laughs>
4: through each and every one of them them email. You know, he's got to go through all the headers. I mean, we can effectively get something done. And I can assure you that myself and my brother, we, we never speak out, out, out of ignorance. We do not take stands just out of, you know, because we feel it ain't right. Uh, we do our homework. We get our ducks in a row, and then we go after the individuals that we can discover. And it always starts out where you start with the governor, and then you start getting passed around. Okay. And, and it always works like that. And eventually, uh, with a, a concerted effort like this, like what occurred Friday and Monday, uh, people don't want you calling no more. They will gladly give you a phone number and a name of somebody <laughs> else to get you off their bat. And we can get, yeah, we can make this work. And, and everybody that, that stood up and spoke out Friday and Monday, you know, I, a big, gracious, Thank you. Absolutely, uh,
0: thank you very much.
4: Yeah, we, we can't do I know, it by ourselves. I know. You know,
0: that's the wonderful thing. That's that's just the one thing about it. We cannot do this all by ourselves. We absolutely need help and support. There's no, there's no, you know, heroes here except ev- absolutely everybody who does, you know, take that initiative and take that action to pick the phone up and call in. You know, to show that they care enough to make a difference and speak out.
1: Yes. Yeah, and, that, and that's the key because there yeah. is power in numbers. And that reminds me real quick. Up until midnight tonight, email them. You know, email the D O V the V D O T and still get your concerns in, and he'll take them to the meeting. And just real quick, that email again is V D O T info at V E O dot Virginia, spelled out dot gov. So have a well about three and a half hours so I'd i you know if you can and have the time shoot that email to them. Yeah, that's I'm what all, Mr. Caldwell said hard. to do. So
4: Yeah, that's
0: right. I, they are they are on Eastern Time.
1: Yeah, I'm
4: I'm
0: already yeah. halfway
4: through my email <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> but, I've already got my email. email. Yes. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Yeah, it, uh, I just wanted to also kind of relay out there to everybody that uh we do have, uh, you know, an agenda. Uh, we're not stopping once we get this issue addressed with Virginia. That We are going to parlay this and, and address this particular issue, where it's going right on it. We haven't decided whether Pennsylvania's next or straight over to to Indiana and get those seven rest areas unbarricaded. Uh, unless they've already done it, I haven't heard it's been done, that they still haven't shuttered completely. But we're going to go after each and every one that we can immediately get get those spaces open back up and we are trying to find some type of remedy some type of direction we can take to address the parking issue itself uh, that this is you know one of our bigger goals uh, once we get that address uh, if this grows into something that I truly hope it does and then we can come to a such a, a large force, that we can utilize this phone campaign technique or this battle tactic that we can then start in on our federal government and apply the same technique uh, dealing with, and, of course, it will be FMCSA and DOT that we're going to be hammering at because that's, oh, that's the
0: – Yeah, they've yeah, more circles to, to make phone calls through. I'm telling you.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, I know. I, I know. I've been <laughs> – but I did find this out. Federal government-wise, uh the only thing we can get done if we were to go to the federal government on this issue is to have funding removed from uh, Virginia that they would oh, lose their in- love it then. well i I honestly feel that that should be after we actually speak with the individual the administrator that's in the regulatory review administrator, the man himself. once we speak with him and we get no cooperation, immediate cooperation, then we are warranted. In our action of going to, you know, to doing going to a two-prong attack and hit DOT to have their funding removed, and let's because, not
0: forget, let's hope that they, at some level, they are they are going to hear us discussing this this direction, this this option that we have, and that mm-hmm. we are absolutely aware of knowing that it exists.
4: Yeah, well, I find it appalling actually that of all the individuals we've spoken to. And, and with all due respect, if Mr. Caldwell is listening, you included, uh, we've made ourselves very well heard. That you know, All these departments know who JV and Silver Surfer are, and we have yet to have anybody within any of these departments take true interest in, in the serious nature of what's happening and find this individual and his phone number and have him call us. We have yet. In four months, we've been, we've been after them, very aggressively since we heard about the truck stops, but we have yet to have anybody within the state government stand up and make a phone call to me and say, hey, this is the regulatory review administrator. This is the guy that's in charge of ensuring that state laws and regulations are compatible to the federal military regulations to interstate commerce. This is the individual that is responsible To handling this issue I have yet to have anyone within the state government take that step And until I talk to that individual we are going to go through this this battleground of being passed around of talking to people that that all they're doing is getting irritated and it's not going to get fixed Uh, I understanding this new thing that popped up tonight about this being a policy not a law opens another avenue of attack uh that maybe we can get this addressed by having that two hours lifted to 10 hours uh fairly quickly by this commonwealth transportation board that so they were told are in, are the authority over that policy so we'll uh we shall see how this week progresses yeah and listen i was just
1: sitting here listening i mean that. It's such a sad thing. I mean, when you're talking about this such a serious safety issue, and you get to the government level, when uh, all they're all they're really looking at is the dollar sign. Uh,
4: Absolutely.
1: You know, it's just it just really you know just really gets me. You know, but you know, I had one the comment
0: out there saying safety is our primary focus.
1: Uh, everybody, yeah, everybody heard it too. <laughs> we
4: hear that time and time again, and, and it's it's very disrespectful uh until they stop enforcing this the forcing drivers out i i understand completely the issue they're faced with on the rest areas and the budget shortfalls and i completely Mm -hmm. stand and i feel for them but you know i feel for everybody we're all going through this and we should not we should refuse to throw safety to the wayside when we're going to be making these type of decisions and even in my comment I'm putting, you know, that I'm imploring them, that if you are going to make this decision, at least leave the spaces available. You know, th- you know make your Absolutely,
0: and until that decision is even made, as you pointed out earlier, Silver Surfer, when Mr. Caldwell was here, um, you know, eliminate the enforcement of the two-hour policy and put out an immediate observance of a ten-hour
1: You know, a temporary
0: 10-hour until a decision is made, so that that way it alleviates the stress of the potential danger of anybody on the road. You know, because, and I know this, I'm hoping that it doesn't sound so morbid, but this is a potential scenario where the trooper who enforces the two-hour policy, forcing the driver by threat of arrest to leave the rest area, the, the safe parking space, after say two and a half hours of sleep gets back out on the road that trooper leaves comes across that driver who's now been in an accident, and unfortunately you know there's a tragedy and the worst case scenario is that it's one of the trooper's family
4: uh, yeah you know, that that i mean and, and we all we're truck drivers we understand the the basic under, the basic principle of of uh Good old murphy's law
0: exactly because yeah. who's going to be responsible for that, even though that trooper forced that driver out there
4: well, the thing is that yeah. they, they need, it needs to come to a halt an immediate halt, and you know until we apply enough pressure to to get to the individuals that have there is there is a department that has the authority that has been given the authority by the governor to immediately fix this immediately it's a matter of making a phone call to the commander of dps office the commander turns around and tells his desk sergeants and his you know his underlings this is to stop immediately it can happen that fast and that is the truth about this matter is that it is just simply somebody standing up and making that phone call saying look i'm the authority here and until we've worked something out there's not to be another ticket issued. There's not to be another driver roused in the middle of the night. You're not to take and bother the truckers. You let them be. I mean, it's that simple. It is truly that simple. But I, we can't even get people within the state government to, you know, put us in touch with the proper guy. And, and I'm not buying the, well, you know, I don't know who that is. You know, I I truly don't. Well, I can't say that because. I could hear it in Mr. Pegg's voice uh, when I spoke with him that he was, uh, I don't want to use the word stunned, but he was not aware of the scope of that department, that apparently he's only in his little sub-department of the 22 regulations, the 22 requirements that are within the motor carry safety assistance program, that they're only a, they only handle a small portion of those 22 uh, stipula- you know, requirements uh and that's why I, and i could tell that it kind of caught him off off guard because i i explained to him and pointed it out and i told him the part and i uh, part 355 and i know he was looking at it because he he just immediately you could you could tell in the tone of the voice change uh the mannerism and the words that came back at me that i will look into this and have this individual call you so it's you know he he understands regulations he understood what i was pointing out and I'm hopeful that I do get a call from the person that has the authority to bring this to an immediate end, immediately. It, it, well, it let sounds. me ask
1: you, this is this is just off the top of my head and probably a way long shot, I'm sure. But what about, have you ever even considered, and it might be even untouchable, that the newly appointed uh, Secretary of Transportation, Ray LaHood, have you ever thought about that or... Uh, would that even be possible well, well no, that,
0: as Silver Surfer had pointed out, you know um, the only direction that, that that the only involvement that they're actually going to even touch with this is
4: well, the you know,
0: financial involvement that we could possibly well, go after, other than that they 're just going to do because i 've already a, uh, addressed this issue from the governmental per- perspective the very first people that I called was the United States Department of Transportation. And I went straight to the asking for the Secretary of Transportation office. <laughs>
1: oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> oh, I go straight for the top,
0: yes sir. Let let's speak to okay. the man himself. Well, you know, of course, you know, they they flung me to this department and sent me over here and uh-huh. and gave me this phone number and eventually, you know, of course you get passed down to the individual states because they handle their own. And that's as we were talking with Mr. Caldwell. Um, you know, there are lead agencies that are designated for enforcement or, or for administration, um, overseeing, you know, and uh, and enforcement. And apparently okay. both, yeah, so that's, you know, the okay. only direction that we have to be able to go with them.
1: Okay. Well, I knew mean, it was a long shot, and it's funny anyway, because the, the new <laughs> Secretary of Transportation, Ray LaHood, I find it really funny. He he has no background or experience in transportation. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> <laughs> well from what i understand he does you know, but it's
1: real minimal but, very 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 minimal yeah very minimal you know hopefully uh, well i didn't know you have gone that route but i think you're on the right route anyway
0: well i hope so we've been grinding at this for a while
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i know i know well you know it was uh it was good to have him on he said he'd come on again i hope to have him on again what was he saying i uh uh, I was trying to take notes, but now, what, didn't he say July 1st is the uh, the decision making day for these rest areas and everything?
4: Well, I so. The actual action, uh, whatever their decision is, he said something about uh, they're going to be uh, mulling this over between May and June. So in June will be the decision will be announced, and July 1st will be the date that it's enacted. So if they decide okay. to shut up these rest completely uh you'll see barricades going up on july 1st i'm hopeful they don't do that i'm truly hopeful that he did hear me that he takes it back that they do truly hear the comment that i'm sending because that's the first thing i'm addressing is if you must make this decision if this is what you are confronted with to please leave the access of those spaces available and do not you know destroy the ability to further pursue, uh, you know, action in in, in in the name of safety uh, on what to do, whether it's commercializing, uh, uh, you know, whatever that direction may be. You know, don't shut that door by putting barricades up. Leave yeah, absolutely them not, open. because we actually, if they do,
0: <laughs> we actually have a direction to come at them regarding that.
4: And we in will, In the Code yeah. of
0: Federal Regulations 23, Section or Title 23, 658.19A, specifically states that no state may enact or deny access to rest, to areas of rest. Well, not just Mm -hmm. rest, but food, fuel, repairs, and rest. And seeing as they, those rest areas have been there for all this time, they're already there. Okay, they can for them to to blockade them, to barricade them from us being able to use them. The you know the commercial motor vehicle industry, then they will be violating that, which is part of their agreement in interstate commerce. They must adhere to these regulations. Hmm. <laughs> Especially well, that way. you know. I mean, it, it falls within a a minimum of uh, one mile off of these the uh, interstates, and of course we know how close the rest areas are of the interstates.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, all we can do, is, like you guys say, we all get together, let our voices be heard, shoot out those emails, and uh, you know, I, I always say there's power in numbers, and things can be changed. And uh, countdowns sure. down, so we we got to get busy and keep our voices heard, and and um, you know, hope hope they hear us. Oh, they will. They will.
3: <laughs> I, I, we are.
4: They will hear. it. Me and my brother started this whole thing years ago when we decided it was time somebody took, the, you know, stood up, and it was like one of these decisions. It's like, well, uh, you know, somebody's got to do this, and uh, you know, if, if it's got to be me, then so yeah. be it. Sometimes and, you got
0: to poke the bear with a stick, but sometimes you got to yeah. grab the bull by the horns. You know.
4: Well, we decided if it was just going to be the two of us to my last dying breath, then so <laughs> be it.
0: Yeah, they, you, there's you a, notice how he says his last dying breath. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. it,
4: it's just one of the things or, where you know, we, we we will be heard. Yeah, there's no getting around it. the The tactics that we employ will will dictate the the level of success, the time frame of the success, uh, of what we achieve. Uh, because truly, we we. We identify what the problem is, and we, we honestly dig and find the ammunition that we need in order to successfully accomplish getting this fixed. And it's it's something that's, that we've, we've done the digging, we've found the information, and now it's just a matter of hounding them if that's what it takes. I mean, truly, if that's what wow. it takes is hounding, if we could get the media yeah. to truly pick up on this issue and understand that this is serious, that we need to reach out to many individuals to effectively get this stopped immediately. Without, I mean, we wouldn't, it wouldn't take a day if all the constituents across uh, Virginia understood what their government is doing uh, and stood up and cried out that that governor himself would write the order. It would come to an immediate halt. Yeah, so, getting the but,
0: information out is absolutely the critical, yeah, the critical thing.
4: Critical about it. grow the number. the 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 more of us that speak out, the larger the voice. I, I truly believe dictates the the length of time it takes to achieve success. And uh, you know, I I can I can't say it enough, but I I want to assure people that, you know, JV and Silver Surfer, when you hear us crying out about something. We've, we've got our ducks in a row, and we are justified in what we're saying. That We're not going after this without – I mean, we might get sideswiped by something, but it don't take – you know, we keep our fights very simple, you know, and we focus on the most critical issues that are out there that affect truck drivers. This is one. We have many, many issues to deal with, but this is the most critical that we've identified – and have have located the, the ammunition necessary to bring it bring it to a halt. Uh, but when you hear us crying out about something, uh, you can bank on the fact that you won't hear us stop until we achieve success and that we do have the ammunition to bring it to a successful conclusion.
0: Yeah, um, these, I'll tell you, these well, different representatives of these different agencies, every time – you know, whenever someone answers the phone, they say, "Who's this?" And they hear our names. It's like,
4: "Hey, you want this call?
0: <laughs> you, <laughs> talk to him, you talked to him yesterday. I just talked to him half an hour ago. <laughs> you talk to him? No, I'm not going to talk to him. You talk to him. You know, finally, they're going to they're gonna get us to where we need to go.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, uh, you guys are very modest, but we all out here do appreciate what you're doing, and I know it takes takes everybody together and and uh, three minutes down here on the show. But uh, thanks for coming on and hanging with me here for two hours. Uh, uh, I really appreciate it. It made my job a whole lot easier. And, and uh, uh, we'll just keep plugging along, and we're all right behind you. And, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll try to get this thing done. It's Like you said, it's a very, very serious problem. So we're just going to keep chugging along at it. Yeah,
0: thanks for Matt. having us and, and helping to get out the information that's needed, you know.
4: It's, Thank
1: you very much.
0: Unfortunately, when they, in the game of politics, the only thing that speaks is is numbers, and you know which is right. an unfortunate situation. But that is you know, right. I mean, They look at it as votes. Right.
1: Right. It's, uh, right. Oh, exactly. Yes, sir. Exactly. Well, we're gonna we're gonna stay right behind you and keep helping any way we can, and uh, have a lot of chatters and a lot of listeners, and uh, we'll be posting this show up on our blog, so there's going to be thousands of other listeners and. So keep it up, guys. We we appreciate it. We're right there behind you. Thank, thanks, thank you uh, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: And God bless everybody for standing up and speaking out.
4: Yes, thank you very much, Alan, for having us on. Oh, you bet. Y'all take care
1: now.
0: All right. Be safe now.
1: Safe trails. All right. All right. Uh, again, thanks, thanks everybody, for, uh, for joining in here with us. Uh, everybody in the chat, we... Uh, I had a pretty full chat room. Some have dropped off, and uh, but I thank you all for being here and listening. And and again, you know, I I continue to to stand on the fact that there is power in numbers. I've seen some comments where, well, well, uh, you know, can anything really be done? And yes, things can be done. This is how the process works. It takes people getting together, letting your voices be heard. If no, uh, enough voices are heard, things can change. So. Write that email to DOT before midnight tonight, so we can get those emails and your comments into that meeting. And uh, I really believe Mr. Caldwell will bring that to the meeting, like he said. And uh, again, I'd like to thank him for being on, and uh, Frederick and JB and. Um, uh, the Truck Star, I see you there in the chat. I appreciate you. Uh, everybody, uh, check out uh, thetruckstar.com. Put that th in there, thetruckstar.com. And he also has the, uh, the Truck Star radio. Excellent site. Uh, he's in this, Lewis. Uh, does it a lot for truckers. Uh, so check out that site. And we will be back uh, for a little bit lighter show on, on this coming Sunday uh, at 4 p.m. I hope you can join us. It's just going to be a little light sunday uh show with my uh, co uh, my co-producer uh, barry strisky that you heard a little bit and we'll just lighten things up and have a little fun on sunday and we will be back and we'll we will continue to follow this situation and do all that we can to uh help um, uh alleviate this situation and help truck drivers and make keep things safe out there so Don't give up and keep plowing away at it and uh, power in numbers. We can get things done. So again, thanks for joining me and uh, I look forward to you on Monday and keep track of our shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash truth about trucking. And uh, we will see you on Sunday and next time. So uh, keep it rolling. We can get things changed. So for truth about trucking live, I'm Alan Smith. Uh, Till the next time drive safe, and thanks for listening.